Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming. Doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and welcome to The Upcoming, the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. Joining me now for The Upcoming's 20, oh my gosh, we've had so many of these, 25th episode. Joining me now for The Upcoming's 25th episode, he is a undergrad at Emerson College, and he's already in the Emerson Honors Program. He is also the Vice President of the National Association for Hispanic Journalists, studying uh, broadcast journalism. And pretty soon, you'll see this guy, you know, maybe on ABC, NBC, being a news correspondent, is he's also uh, with WEBN Boston, where he's just an associate producer, and he's ready to just share his talents with the rest of us. So be sure to find him on your TV, ladies and gentlemen. And short time. So, without further ado, I give to you, Mr. J. Albedo. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you very much. So, one thing that always happens at the upcoming jail is I let my guests introduce themselves. So, in your own mm-hmm. words, who and what exactly are you? So, my name is J. Albedo. Um, as you said, I'm an undergraduate student here at Emerson College. Um, I'm studying journalism with a concentration in broadcast. Um, I, I've gotten the, the, the privilege to join um, many of like the organizations here at Emerson. Um, and, you know, I feel like I've been I'm pretty involved in, in a lot of the, the projects that um, a lot of like the organizations I've been working on. So um, I'm, I just feel like um, gratitude, um, you know, and, and I'm just grateful for all, all of the opportunities that I've had here. Um, I've always been in, um, passionate about um, broadcast journalism, all the aspects, um, even print as well. Um, I've just always been passionate about that. I've been doing it ever since I was um, young in middle school. Um, and I've developed an immense passion for this field. Um, I also love interviewing as well. So I love learning about people um, and their lives. Um, and I really think, um, you know, learning about people and sharing their stories really can make an impact. Um, so that's that's kind of one of the reasons why I've, I've fallen in love with this field. Wow, see that? You and I are alike in that field because it really is just a great feeling to be able to hear people's stories in so many different backgrounds and angles. So, exactly. You know, but I got to know a little bit more about that, uh, JL. So when you're interviewing people, when you're hearing their stories, what are some of the like questions you like to ask them the most? Like what is... Like, what are your favorite questions when asking, when talking to people? Um, so like, let's say, um, I'm interviewing, um, an artist, um, who's a musician, um, making music. Um, I would ask them kind of like to bring me, um, kind of bring me in the, in their process, if that makes sense. Just kind of like explain how, how they got inspired, um, how it's impacted their life. Um, I ask questions about, um, you know, other, um, their, their influences and, um, things that like help them, um, create this art. So I, I asked them, I asked them a a lot of people about like, um, the process of how, um, they, they came to be a musician. Um, and then let's say I'm covering like a new story, um, on the field, 
Um, and I, I just, for example, one of my first news packages was um, the, the portraits of pride in the Boston Common. Um, I asked um, a lot of uh, the people that were there um, what the portraits of pride um, meant to them and why um, they felt it was important um, to, to have um, in, in the Boston Common in this public area. So I asked, um, you know, I asked them those, those kinds of questions um, because I kind of like, you know, I, I kind of want them to be um, not vulnerable, but like, you know, kind of speak their truth, speak their mind, um, no filter. I'm, I'm very much like unfiltered. Um, I want I want everything to be authentic. Um, so that's kind of um, what, what I try to look for when I'm asking these questions, if that makes sense, hopefully. <laughs> it does. It does. So now I just got to think a little bit more. You as an interviewer, do you have like a certain like rule of thumb, like certain like principles you keep to yourself when you're interviewing? Like, I cannot ask this question or I don't want to get too deep into this. Just take us through that. Yeah, so I don't I don't necessarily have like a rule of thumb. Um, I just kind of um, I ask them, you know, I, I well before I do conduct an interview, um, I like to kind of ease um, the interviewee into like into it, meaning like I, I we just kind of like talk a little bit before um, starting, just kind of getting them comfortable, um, you know, just kind of getting any of that nervousness um, out of there. Um, and I also like, you know, introducing myself, um, and letting them, letting them know that I'm here to listen. Um, not just like asking them like questions like that, because, you know, asking questions can be intimidating sometimes. Um, and there's some things that some people might, um, find, you know, hard to talk about. So if, if that is the case, um, I kind of try to like either re rework the question or, um, maybe just, um, ask a question that's like a little, um, I guess light, lighthearted, um, and then, you know, ho hopefully they'll, they'll kind of get into it um, if they're comfortable. But, you know, I, I don't, you know, if, if someone's not comfortable speaking about something, I definitely do not um, pressure them at all. Um, it's really up to them um, as to what they'd like to share. So I give that, you know, I give them the option. It's, it's really up to them. So I have two more questions before we uh, move on around your interviewing. And so I really should have asked this the first time, but I want to hear about mm -hmm. If you can recall, like your first interview, like your feelings behind that, like maybe if you were nervous or super confident, some of the questions you asked, and like tell us how you were able to sort of like help carry that uh, conversation going. So my first official interview was back when I actually began my own interview show um, in my high school um, in Lynn. Um, I went to Lynn Classical, and I um, so the show was called Ram Talk, and pretty much that show was meant to. Um, interview my peers based on their accomplishments in the school, um, things that they've done. Um, and I like even just like excellence in, in a class in an English class or something like I wanted to highlight those because I feel like those um, deserve that that deserves an applause that deserves, um, you know, like a pat on the back because it's it's um, it's amazing and it's hard. So uh, so I, I pretty much formally began interviewing um, my junior year when I was at Link Classical, um, unfortunately we were virtual. So, um, I actually began, you know, with, with a zoom. So like, that's kind of how I conducted the interviews. Um, but when I first had like my first official interview, I definitely was nervous. Um, I feel like I was like a bit like unnatural in the sense that I was just kind of like not used to it. Um, and I was just kind of like, I almost seemed like a robot just kind of like asking the questions and things like that. Like I, I was very much like on the script. Um, and nowadays I'm like, just get the script away from me because 
I feel like I like if I'm just reading from the script and I'm just like I'm not, I'm not like asking follow up questions, then it's just really not going to be like an effective interview, and it's just going to seem superficial in a sense. Um, so I, um, yeah, I was definitely I definitely had those nerves, um, but over that over time, over with more experience, um, talking to more people, having more conversations, I've definitely felt um, I've definitely built more confidence um, in the way I conduct these interviews. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can hundred uh, percent understand just that the nerves is coming and especially the um, downsides of having a script because those like really can just sort of stray away from, uh, from an interview and make it just feel like a computer is talking to the person instead of yeah. like a person. So I, I yeah. can definitely like get behind what you're saying. Um, I'm not even know, a, like, yeah, in... it can be. Yeah. I'm not even like against like a script or anything. I, I'm not like against a script or anything. I just, um, I guess like what helps me, like what helps me now is just having kind of like bullet points, you know, um, instead of just like asking like, like word to word questions. Um, that's just kind of like what helps me, um, just kind of like, um, I guess ask those follow up questions. Um, and I also like to, um, ask questions based on their responses as well. Um, you know, just to kind of get the conversation going and stuff. And you know, all about this, obviously. Yeah, of course. But now I just want to get to uh, the last question. So we talked about you and um, and like asking questions and how we've how you uh, had to overcome your sort of nervousness and your and just the uh, feelings you get when you uh, when you're when you're talking to people. But now I just can't but wonder, like once you. When when you when you feel an interview like like going like sideways or when you feel it like becoming like a bit like stale in a way, what are some of the things you do to the techniques you do to try like bring it back up to light and like help the uh, uh, interviewee like try to have fun with it, you know? Because not every interview has to be serious, you know. They you're trying to keep their attention going. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I. What I would typically do is just, um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but like kind of rework the question. Um, like, let's say I ask a question and maybe like it's a little bit confusing or um, we just kind of have like a, like a little pause or something. Um, I'm like, oh, um, actually th think of it this way. Um, this, this and that. Like I'll ask, like, I'll ask it like in a different way to make, to make it like, I guess, easier to understand. Um, maybe like if, if a question is kind of um, like, long i'll kind of shorten it just to kind of um ask it like in, di in different parts so just kind of making it um i guess like a bit simpler um and just um maybe just reevaluating the question that, you're, that i'm asking um i think that's definitely what's helped like if my interview becomes like a little bit stale because i've definitely had those interviews where it's just kind of like maybe some um awkward pauses or just like i'm um, maybe me as the interviewer like i, I maybe might struggle um, like with a follow up or something, um, I just try to be. Um, I just try to kind of like um, ask like like a shorter version of the question, um, or just maybe like um, ask an alternative question or something like that. Yeah, I see. That makes sense. So now let's just go on to your work amongst other journalists because not only were you part of the National Association for um, Hispanic Journalists, but also a member of society of professional journalists so you're being surrounded by some of the most like capable talented journalists around do you is there ever like any 
competition at all or like any like just sort of like I got to get this story and I got to make sure it's better than everybody else or is there still just like this sort of camaraderie where everyone's just like you know I'm I'm here for you you know let's just do this all together so there's actually no competition whatsoever we're all here to support each other um and everyone is just on the same level um you know of course I'm a, I'm a first year student and there's seniors um in the society of professional journalists um, but they like they know that I'm a first year student, so they try their best to really like give me advice, give me tips, things that will help me. Um, and it really does feel like a family, like a community. Um, and I've I've found people that will do anything to just make my life easier by just simply providing me with um, tips on how I can improve or um, things that, like for example, I we just had like our, our first general meeting a few days ago, and we were talking about um, classes that. Uh, that that are are helpful to um, help develop and enhance our skills, and professors. We we had conversations about future future projects, um, different conferences that we're hoping to attend. Um, so we're all just trying to help each other. Um, we're all just trying to like um, improve our skills any any chance that we get. Um, so really, it, it's really it feels like a family truly. Um, and also, I wanted to talk about the National Association of Black Journalists as well. Um, I'm also part of that as the secretary. Um, and we just actually had a meeting today um, because we want to um, do a project on Black History Month coming up. So we, you know, we're, we're collaborating with um, a few different organizations here on campus. Um, and we want to, um, you know, we, we want to make, make it like a big event um, rather than just, you know, making it something kind of like small that not many people will hear about it. So we want to really make this a big event um, that we can host um, and you know, within the National Association of Black Journalists, my team, we're trying to plan out um, what we can do um, to, you know, uh, to contribute and to make an impact um, when, when that day comes, so. I love that, absolutely. And you know, this issue for black journalists and for Hispanic journalists, so you clearly, obviously, um, are a big fan, always want to contribute to like representation amongst journalists, but I want to hear from you just being a part of these different like little communities and it's just this really just one big community of itself, just journalists. Like, how have you seen like, actually, let me rework this now myself. How do you want to see like representation within journalism? Like how, how do you want that to just, um, just expand in journalism? I guess a better question. Yeah, I definitely want to see um, more inclusivity, um, like on TV, on television. Um, I think, you know, we, we've kind of had like a lack of that, um, like over over the years, as we've seen. Um, so definitely more inclusion, um, more diversity. Um, I think when when people, um, you know, when people of color see like the um, like people that look like them on TV, it's really inspiring. Um, and we even saw this with. Um, with, uh, I believe, uh, Hallie Bailey, B Bailey, I'm, I believe I'm pronouncing, hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly, but, um, like her being Ariel, you know, like, like, and, uh, I don't know if you saw like those reaction videos of the little girls that were just like blown away, um, that, you know, there's finally this character that looks like them. I think it just, it's really inspiring. Um, so I really want to see that more of that, um, representation, um, on, on television and, um, among journalists, I really think it's important. Um, and we can really learn from each other and, and it, it can like, it, like we, we've seen, we've seen more and more of it, um, as, as time goes on, but, um, I think we still have work to do, um, in terms of, um, 
you know, ma making um, journalism in general more inclusive and um, diversifying journalis journalism um, in the industry. So I think we still have work to do, but um, I think I do see progress with that. Um, and hopefully me as a journalist, um, I'll be able to contribute in any way I can um, with whatever I can do. Um, so that, that's like one of my goals to hopefully um, make an impact, making it, making the, the industry, if I can, a more um, welcoming, more um, inclusive place um, to work in. So oh, hopefully that, that was like a long answer, but sorry. I like that dedication right there, JL. Yeah, definitely appreciate that you're, you want to see that sort of change, you know, amongst journalism, amongst your profession. But I got to know, because this, this road that you're going on, this road for just representation, it's obviously not easy. You know, it's going to face challenges. Are there some challenges you've faced in regards to um, this path of um, inclusivity? I, I cannot speak today. Uh, that, did you um, want to talk about just the challenges of the road ahead? So I, um, I haven't necessarily, um, like ran through like, um, any like specific challenges, I guess what I would say is just kind of getting people on board would be, I guess I would say would be a challenge because, um, even like in the, in the national, um, association of black journalists that I'm in, like we have a small team right now and we're really, really trying to like, um, you know, like get more people involved. So we're really trying to promote it, um, as much as we can. Um, and because, because, you know, like we're, we're the Emerson chapter, um, the national association of Hispanic journalists and black journalists is like, there, there's a national chapter, but we're like specifically the Emerson chapter. We're trying to get more people involved, um, as much as we can. We have our first meeting next week. Um, so we're really trying to like, you know, spread the word. Um, so that, that's definitely been a, like a challenge of, of mine, um, and of my team as well, because, you know, like, obviously we know that people are busy and stuff like that, but. We're really trying to see, um, you know, how much um, our team can grow, like in these next few weeks, because I feel like, you know, the more people you have, the the bigger the impact. So, um, I guess I would I would say that that's like one of my challenges, just you know, getting people on board, getting people to um, contribute um, and to support um, in any way they can. Um, but I think, you know, with time, that will definitely happen. I love that. You know, in time, just staying optimistic, continuing to work towards your goal, it always does it, always. But now I want to hear a little bit more about, you know, your leadership roles, because just like with trying to build inclusivity in uh, the journalism fields, you've also, like I said, were uh, leading a journalism group of your own with the National Association of Hispanic Journalists, the vice president. You know, when you step into leadership roles like what do you how do you see yourself just impacting those groups when you step into those kind of roles um i think what like just as the vice president um i've been able to um just connect with with a lot of um with a lot of journalists like within the um latino community um in the hispanic community i've really been able to connect with them um and you know, and, and we we're even trying to plan um, to go to um, a conference that's happening in um, Columbia Journalism School um, in New York. Um, we're trying to like get um, a lot of people on board um, that are part of the National Association of Hispanic Journalists um, to see if that can you know we can make that happen because that's a huge networking opportunity. Um, so just you know, I'm I'm kind of trying to plan around that, trying to see like um, you know who 
who's interested in coming. Um, so just being able to, um, I guess, offer these opportunities and um, help plan it and trying to um, help others um, who are interested, like, you know, um, attend the event as well. So um, I think just being able to do that, um, being able to um, offer like these, these incredible networking opportunities is something that that's been rewarding um, as of, as of, um, as of far. So, yeah. And I mean, I've only been um, in the national association of Hispanic, Hispanic journalists for one semester so far. So this is my second semester right now. And I'm planning to be in it, of course, for the next um, three years. Um, and I hope, you know, I hope to become the president um, and really, you know, provide all of these networking opportunities for um, the younger journalists um, that are upcoming as well. So, um, yeah, that, that it's just it's been really rewarding as the vice president um, and also as as a secretary of, of NABJ as well, just being able to contribute in any way I can um, to those who might not know much about the organization. So. I love that. I love that. So I'm. Um... I just that's that's a great uh, response there, Jail. But and I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about journalism before we move on to like the feel and like the world's um, sort of mixed um, feelings about journalism in a second. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk to you about that. But first, I gotta know a little bit more about you as not just as a journalist, but as like a person, because we we both know that this field is gonna take a lot of time and a lot of energy. Right. There's gonna be a lot, yep. there's a lot of stress put into you, you know, because you're not just looking for stories, you're constantly looking for the right story to tell and just the way to tell it and just be able to give people like the best news and like, just the truth possible. And that's gonna take a lot of your time. And not just that, you're a college student, you're a person with your hobbies and your own personal life. So there's just like, it's just like, I just see like a three life like mix right here, like a little balance. So how do you balance your work? How do you, what are the ways you balance like your work life and your, uh, your um, personal and school life? So I, <laughs> it's funny that you asked that because I, I, that, that's, that was one of the main questions that I would ask my interviewees as well. But, um, honestly, it's just really a work in progress really, because I just take it day by day. Um, it's really, um, it's tough, you know, to, to, I guess, kind of create that separation between, um, school life and home, um, and personal life. It's really, it's hard, um, to really like, you know, maintain that balance because I honestly sometimes see myself forgetting about my, my personal life and just kind of like dedicating so much time to, to my studies and to like, you know, school. So I think it's really important. Um, to have that separation, um, not only for, for your mental health, but also physical health and just health all around. Um, so I don't really know what advice I would give to anyone maybe struggling with that. I guess just, like I said, taking it day by day, um, knowing that it's also okay to like say no to certain things as well. Um, because I honestly have trouble saying no, um, you know, like let, let's say like t 10 different organizations tell me, oh, are you able to do this? Even though like it's not mandatory, I'll be like yes, like just so I won't like, I guess disappoint um, in a way. Um, but you know, I think it's really it's okay if you can, um, and it's okay to take personal days for you. Um, sometimes I just go on a walk at the Boston Common. Emerson is right in front of the Boston Common. I just go on walks just to clear my head a little bit um, by the garden, and it really it's it's really it's helpful honestly just to 
you know, look at the sky, just get some fresh air, um, and, and, and just separate yourself from it even for a few minutes a day, you know, as someone, so. Yeah. As someone who's lived in uh, New York for a time, I've got to tell you that taking, taking walks can be some of just most just self-healing practice exactly. possible because just you're just being able to just get outside, have fresh air. And just be able to like look out and be like, oh man, this is this is beautiful. It's a beautiful day out today. It's 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 surprisingly therapeutic. Exactly. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. Yeah. So that's one of the ways you um you try to like regain like your mental health. Is there other ways of doing physically? Like, do you do yoga? Do you like uh, go to a gym? Like, what else do you uh, do? So I. Um, I love playing tennis. Like that's something that I love doing. I, I played tennis in high school. Um, I, you know, and, and I just had like an incredible tennis team, um, over there. Shout out to Mr. Hayward. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, it, it was just such an incredible experience and, you know, whenever I can, um, whenever I have the free time, um, I'd like to play tennis. Obviously like the weather is like not really great right now for that. Um, but just, you know, on days that it's a little bit warmer, just going out, um, just playing tennis with, with a person or with a, f a few friends or something that can really like that, that really helps me just kind of like do something, um, and just kind of like clear my head a little bit, just, um, and I really, I, you know, it just, it just makes me feel happy. So something that makes me feel happy is just playing tennis, um, doing that sport and also just honestly, just simply having, um, like a, I guess a chill time, like a chill movie night or something with my friends. Um, just doing that or going out to eat, like to a restaurant, just, you know, um, spending quality time with friends, um, whenever I can, whenever they're available, I think that can really, that really helps me a lot. Um, and I also, um, I did want to mention as well that I, I tend to overcommit a lot. So, um, I've, I've actually, I just had an interview today for a good morning Emerson. Um, and one thing that I was telling them was that, uh, Last semester, Man. I over. All right, so hang on one second. Yep. So it sounds like you've really um, it sounds like you've really been able to do a lot of uh, amazing things, and just the tennis, doing like uh, tennis, getting chill movie nights. It's really the simple things that do it the, do it the best. Exactly. Yep. But um. You know, while you were um, taking care of the, um, while you're taking care of the thing, now let's just talk about um, the. Uh, sorry, hey, give me a moment. Okay. All right, so sorry about that. So, no worries. Let's just talk about the the media and um, and the, especially the U.S.'s relationship with it, because a lot of people have sort of just fallen kind of out of favor with the news, especially like CNN, mm. Fox, NBC. And it the real problem with that is people complain that they're not being truthful or being like biased, you know? So how would right. you like sort of respond to this, this sort of just polarizing views on the media and journalists? Yeah, I definitely um, agree with you. Um, some, some like news um, media companies definitely have, um, you know, like, bias um towards certain political parties and um such so i think um you know that's, that's definitely um a reality and um i think it's definitely important to acknowledge that that it's it's happening it's i mean we, we see it all the time 
when watching news um and maybe you know some certain media companies um you know cover other stories and highlight other stories and then they kind of just like push the others to the side even though it's also a very important issue um so i think we're definitely seeing that a lot um and honestly as a as a journalist um that's um i guess as an upcoming journalist um, I really want to um, bring on that authenticity that, that honestly, I included that in my personal statement when applying to Emerson College, um, just making sure um, the, the like, you know, all the news that I'm putting out there is authentic um, and, and as authentic as possible. Um, because, you know, I and the, the thing is, too, that unfortunately, I feel like a lot of journalists nowadays um, that, you know, they join a news company and they might feel a little controlled um, because, you know, maybe their their news company or media company um, that they're working for, maybe they, they're supposed to like follow like a certain script and maybe not um, just kind of be, uh, what is it? What's the word? They, they kind of just have to be like, to talk about certain issues in a certain manner um, because, you know, they work for that certain company. So I feel like a lot of journalists nowadays might feel like that that, that control. Um, from these certain companies, but me um, as a journalist, even if I do like freelance um, for some time, I really want to um, hopefully make make that a change because um, I want journalists to be able to um, you know freely express um, their truth and um, distribute you know true information regardless of the company that they're working for um, and regardless of the, of the bias that the company has towards certain um, political parties or groups of people. So. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're just you're just all about truth, like trying to tell people what they need to know. You know, tell them what's important. Exactly. Because yes. I yeah I see like a lot I see a lot of sugarcoating, and I really am not in support of that at all. I really think um, we need to like you know just put 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 the news out there and just um, stop with the sugarcoating, stop with the um, you know twisting stories and changing it around, and um, like you know like. Like uh, not not including all the details, so I really, I, I really am in support of of um, pushing out the um, authentic news directly. So, what would you say is a news channel or a news outlet that does this um, particularly well? It's not sure going in, just telling the full, raw, honest truth. Um, I would honestly say um, Seven News. Like I, I'm a, I'm like a huge supporter of Channel Seven News, um, WHTH. Um, here in Boston, I I love them. Honestly, I th that's kind of like my go-to um, news source um, to look at. Um, and honestly, I see um, a lot of um, truth in their news um, as I'm watching. I'm not sure if other people will agree with me, but um, when I'm when I am watching um, Seven News, that's like what I see. And I guess that's that's one of the news companies that I would say um, distributes a lot of truth um, and authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. One. Like sort of Achilles heel that I've researched and seen that a lot of news facing is like towards their investors, like especially like CNN, uh, Vice News, uh, Fox. Though a lot of these stations might seem like almost trapped with like being stuck with how their investors like want them to tell the news and tell stories and everything. Because I remember back when CNN, like back when Trump was in office, CNN was like absolutely like just full-on war with him uh, yep. because of who they're following. So what would you, like, how do you, like, sort of analyze just the sort of way news stations have been, like, forced to tell, like, biases or different um, 
different ways of stretching or at least stretching from like what they should be talking about because there's some danger here you know yeah um i it's it's kind of like complicated it really is um you know i just i i wouldn't even know the, the answer to that if i'm being honest because you know like these um these investors are you as you mentioned like you know they they have like this this sort of like I'm not sure, like specifically, but like maybe like this contract that they have to follow, and I don't know if these news me media companies um, feel feel the need to like um, distribute the news in a certain manner because of these investors, because um, they just they're, they're under a contract. Um, I'm honestly not sure of like the insides of a news station, um, as I haven't like worked for one before, but um, I definitely I I wouldn't doubt that that's a possibility. Um, yeah, so I. I definitely agree that there there's something there um there's something there's some sense of like control um there i'm just not sure exactly what it is um but yeah i i guess like a more experienced journalist would be able to kind of like yeah yeah maybe it was a bit of a big question but you know let me ask you let me ask this better one yeah if you were able to if you were able to work for channel seven news and you were able to like give like your own stories, your own freedom of telling your stories. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, what are some that you would like, some topics or like areas you'd want to focus on, uh, like first? Um, I think I would like to um focus on. I I think like some of some of the stories that that I would um make sure like to to cover like um initially are um stories um that have to do with. Um, people of color, um, and also like e even like down in the Middle East as well, um, like a lot of news coverage that that is not really like I guess get, getting enough attention if that makes sense. Um, I think that's definitely where I would go um, with that because um, you know I I feel like there's some stories that are, like like I said earlier that are kind of like a little sugar coated and they just you know like maybe one day the um, Channel Seven like let's say for example would cover it and then that's it. You know what I mean? Like, but I feel like, you know, just m making sure um, all of these um, stories that are being covered are, are covered to its its capacity um, and, and covered un until there's a solution, until we see a solution um, with the issue that's being covered um, with it within these, um, you know, co communities um, of color. So I definitely would, would focus initially on that. Definitely eventually focus on that. All right. Good, good. Are there any areas of journalism that you would feel like uncomfortable touching on or at all? Just like maybe, eh, this may, perhaps this isn't in my field. I'm not, um, I, I guess one thing that I'm not like too um, comfortable with, I would say is um, politics, which I know is so important as a journalist to like, you know, be very knowledgeable of that. But um, as like an upcoming journalist, that's what I'm trying to work at right now. Um, I'm really trying to, I'm the, for example, I just did, um, well, last semester I, I did um, the politics show here um, on WBN. I'm just kind of like, you know, delving into that world of politics because it's really important as a journalist to be knowledgeable um, of that area um, in journalism. So I really want to make sure, um, you know, before I say anything about like politicians and such, um, that I'm knowledgeable of everything that I am saying. So, yeah. Of course, of course. You know, just always knowing like what you're um, saying before you say yeah. it, so that everybody gets the full scoop of it. Um, exactly. Yeah, politics, I do agree. Politics can be really tricky and really complicated because 
that it, it pretty much is really tricky and really complicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really complicated. But uh, let me ask you something about this. You when you first let's just go back to when you said you would uh, focus on like communities, you know, because you know, we see a lot of stories on like black and Hispanic communities, and you know some of them can be just. I feel like I feel like they just really missed the mark, you know, because they'll focus on like crime and they'll focus on mm-hmm. you know poverty and just like just being just being marginalized communities, and yet they don't try to put as much emphasis on just them being communities. Period. You know, so exactly. journalists, like, how would you how would you change that narrative? You really couldn't have said it better, honestly. Um, I feel like I 100% agree with you. Um, these marginalized communities are, I feel like. A lot of like news nowadays kind of focuses on the crimes, like the bad, um, you know. And I and I feel like we're not seeing enough of like the successes within these communities, um, like the 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 incredible things, uh, like the um, the sense of community that that we see, um, the support within these communities. I feel like we're not seeing enough of um, those that that good news. Um, there's a lot of people out there. Um, that that are you know putting in their their time and effort to like help these communities. I feel like we're not seeing much coverage on them. So definitely, as a journalist, I would love to highlight um, those who are making an impact in these marginalized communities um, because I definitely feel like they need to be recognized and acknowledged for all of their efforts and their work. Yeah, exactly. Because you know this just only talking about the negatives, as we both know, can lead to like serious consequences. You know, it leads to like stereotypes or just right. Yeah. And so it's absolutely vital that every community gets its share of its highs. 100%. Highs and lows. So, you know, another thing I've got to, I've got to wonder, like, as you walk towards your path of being a full-time broadcast journalist for TV, you know, what's something that you... What's what's another challenge you expect to meet once you've made it to your goal of just being on TV and just being able to tell your stories to other people? I think what one of the challenges that I that I might face is the work life balance um, because I I've spoken to um, I actually I spoke to Kiki Vensil last semester she's um, a Seven News anchor and she told me that she personally has trouble with. Um, work-life balance, like the hours and just making sure, um, because I mean, honestly, as a journalist, I feel like um, a lot of them are like on the clock a lot of the times. And like, let's say um, like something happens around here, like, you know, and and I'm, I'm not supposed to be working. I feel like a lot of journalists will be working on that, like even when they're not supposed to, if that makes sense. So um, I definitely feel like finding that work-life balance is, it might be a struggle, um, you know, and, and also like, you know, maintaining relationships with people because a lot of journalists tend to work at like 3 a.m., for example. Um, so like they might have trouble, you know, um, I guess having those relationships and making friends and stuff like that. But um, it really all depends on, you know, which company you work for, how the hours are and things like that. Um, but I definitely, um, I have, I always have that in my mind, you know, just making sure, um, you know, I, I have that on the top of my mind, you know, it's important to find a work-life balance, um, just like a school life balance as well. So I, that, that's a challenge that I might face, but I'm ready to face it and I'm ready to see, um, how it goes because I mean, people do it and, um, I, you know, I'd love to hear advice from those who do it actively. I'm, 
the last question here, JL. Once you've reached your goal, what do you want people to see when they look at you on TV? I want people to see someone who who made an impact. Just plain, plain and simple. Just someone who, who made an impact who, even if I helped one or two people in a community, or even if I, if I helped them, if I inspired a few, a few um, upcoming journalists or something, just seeing um, like a, like a, like a, tr like a, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just like stuttering right now, but just like seeing um, like a, a, a face that's, that's welcoming, that's trustworthy, that's um, all, always willing to help. I mean, in any way they can, um, just, you know, being able to inspire others, um, who, who want to be in my position, for example, um, I really want people to be able to see that when they see me on television, for example, um, and, and also seeing someone who started from an underserved city like Lynn, Massachusetts, and seeing someone who can actually reach that point. Um, I think that can really be inspiring. So yeah, that, that's kind of what I would say. <laughs> Fantastic. Mic drop right there. I love it. Love it, JL. So, Thank you. ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this episode of The Upcoming. I want to give another big thank you to my guest today, JL Beto. Thank you so much for joining me today, JL. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on this incredible show. Um, I can't wait to, to continue watching, and um, it's really been an honor, um, and I, I really thank you so much. This was awesome. All right. Appreciate that, man. So, everybody... Uh, that concludes this episode. Be sure to tune in on Spotify, but not just Spotify. Also, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and Stitcher. That's right. We've moved up to new uh, platforms. And also, be sure to, if you don't have any of those, be sure to find us our website on the-upcoming.simplecast.com. And we got all our episodes for the upcoming right there. Uh, until then, uh, be sure to stay tuned and good night. Thank you for tuning in to the upcoming. If you like this, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore upcoming podcast. The best yet to come. Take care, everybody.